Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ballhawks podcast here on Sunday, December 5th. Uh, I am your host, Steve Fisher. You can find me on Twitter, if Chris would put it on the ticker, at SSFisher87. Now I know you actually listen to it, so nice try using that excuse again. Um, You can find me there for all of my really great food takes as of late. Been getting into those uh, over the last week. And before I introduce my co-host, I just want to give an SEC championship shout-out to the Alabama Crimson Tide. We are, like it says on the shirt, chasing greatness. Uh, Sorry to a friend of the show, Jake Vogel. I know he had a a bit of a rough Saturday. Um, People were really stupid on Twitter yesterday talking about how Georgia is... Uh, basically frauds and I don't believe it. They look really good and I do believe if Alabama wants to get to the finals or sorry to win another championship, they are going to have to probably go through Georgia again. Uh, so happy about that. Obviously, I'm a little unhappy about football today. But and of I, course, uh, the uh, NCAA set it up for, you know, the SEC in their their back pocket there, giving Bama the one seed and Georgia the four seed, so they don't have to face off against each other in the semifinal. The third seed, third seed, yeah. Whatever. Or else they would actually face each other in yeah. In you're the right. semis. You're right. Yeah. Um. Either way, Georgia was getting the two or the three seed. It it didn't really matter. Give me if you think Cincinnati deserves more than the fourth seed, uh, then you don't watch a lot of college football. Or you're from Cincinnati. Either way, you're wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously joined here by the man who was speaking, who was not my voice, uh, for a record 41st time. Here on the Ballhawks podcast, we call him the, and I didn't even set this one up, the Wilson from Castaway, Chris Phillips. I know how you're. I know how you're doing, but I'm going to ask anyways. How are you doing today, dude? I'm super. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, man, I'm good. It was uh, it was a good Sunday in uh, in the Phillips household. Um, just yeah, just a good day. I mean, I it, it uh, you know went grocery shopping, watched a little bit of football this morning. The kids were relatively well behaved today. Uh, I mean, of course, we watched some football this afternoon as well. We'll touch more on that later. <laughs> Look at you, uh, just so giddy then, right now. Woo. Yeah. And then uh, and then we did a, a, a family movie night. Um, so that in, uh, entails eating dinner on the couch. So we had some, we had, yeah. I made nachos tonight. We ate dinner on the couch. We watched Elf this evening. 
Um, as per Olivia's request, I, I gave her the option of Elf or Home Alone, and she chose Elf. There was no wrong answer there. There was. I, there wasn't. I, I, I think she would have enjoyed Home Alone better. At least she would have found it more funny, but she paid attention nonetheless, so I'm happy. Um, and yeah, you guys can find me over on Twitter as well at PhillipsChris12. Steve did catch me listening this week uh, because he said my name. Um, as soon as somebody says my name, I'm going to like perk up and be like, wait, 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 what did I miss? And, You're like a trained um, dog that you just like hit him in the side. They're like, oh, now I'm here. Okay, I'm totally. ready to listen. It, it, the, the girls at work have learned this as well that like they can talk about whatever they want around me and I'm not listening. But as soon as they say my name, all of a sudden my ears will turn on i'm like wait a second what am i missing that, that's so, the dad yeah. reaction <laughs> what's that that's the dad reaction oh yeah yeah dad 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 i mean i, I remember doing that as a kid too talking to my dad 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 gourd finally to get his reaction right oh <laughs> somebody's talking to me and then i get in trouble for using his first name um, don't forget to follow us, uh, on our, uh, podcast account as well at ballhawks underscore pod. You can find us over on Twitter and I'm going to say it anyways, cause I mean, I don't want you guys to forget about Steve. So don't forget to follow Steve at SS Fisher eight, seven. And we have our first chat of the evening, uh, <laughs> question so from good. our friends at the PNW showdown podcast. So Michaela and Kate, they are asking, how much rum do you put in your eggnog? And I am going to tell you, I eyeball it every time. So I couldn't tell you. <laughs> there's like... no there's no measure. I, 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 my wife measures her drinks and I actually make a, I'm not allowed to make Nadine's drinks uh, ever because I don't measure. I just like eyeball it. And I'm like, yeah, that looks about right. You can um, plead the so fifth. last night she was... She was having a couple of drinks last night and she's like, I was like, I was like, no, it's fine. Like stay on the couch. I'll make it. She's like, no, you're not making my drink. I'm like, just tell me how much you want. I'll actually use a shot glass. So she's like one and a half. I'm like, all right, fine. Like it's probably like one and three quarters, but that's, that's, that's okay. I, but yes, uh, to, again, to, to answer the original question, I don't measure. Um, it's probably two ounces if I'm guessing, but it's really the best way to i mean it's the holidays right you're not really in the game of you know calculating exactly what you're doing there um i i will just say that eggnog is come at me you know where to find me there's my twitter handle start loading my messages right now eggnog is the absolute worst thing you could ever do to yourself it was good as a kid because it's sugary and sweet and everything nice involved. Nah, as an adult, no. It's so funny. I was going to actually ask you about this later on in the episode. What your thoughts are on eggnog? Because I, I, I truly didn't know. I'm not surprised you don't like it because you don't like anything. You're like, can I shoot it in the wild? Nope, don't like it. <laughs> um, I don't. Know. The last time I drank eggnog on its own, it's been a while um usually eggnog is going to, if you see see me with eggnog it's going to have rum in it or whiskey sometimes i'll put a little bit of crown royal in there instead just to mix it up um actually in our household santa gets eggnog <laughs> we know where that goes <laughs> yeah 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 exactly you, you know exactly where that goes but yeah, santa gets eggnog in the phillips household um for a very specific reason Cause, um because he loves it that's yeah. fine Santa loves it. Yeah, it. It's, it's just 
Santa loves really sweet things, and that's yeah. why Santa drinks eggnog in the Phillips household. That's right. Um, but I don't know. I just the few times that they do drink just pure or straight eggnog, not pure eggnog. Um, <laughs> I, what percentage I, of eggnog are you drinking there, yeah. bud? One hundred percent eggnog, bro. Oh, Come you at got me. you got that ninety percent eggnog. What's the other ten? Okay, so that brings me that that's going to put me on a whole different tangent. When you were a kid. Did your parents make you water down your eggnog? Mm. My parents would always like, I would have to do like half and half, like half eggnog, half milk. I think it probably, I bet if you were to look back at the times when you had to do that, it probably would have been later on in the evening to kind of dilute the sugar amount as you're, no, just anytime. Anytime. Uh, Eggnog, chocolate milk, anytime. Interesting. We had to water it down with, with extra milk. Like, like even as a teenager, when I would, you know, would, was old enough to pour my own beverages, I was like, it was so like ingrained in me that I would go to pour myself a glass of eggnog and I would still like do half and half, half eggnog, half milk. Cause that's, that's so just funny. what I knew. Um, it's so wild how you can literally like condition your kids to do it. Even when you're not around as like an older, like there's still stuff we all do as adults, even where you're like, why do I do it this way? Like, what is wrong with me for doing yeah. this? And then you're like, oh, it's because my parents did it. Even still, as an adult, I pour myself a glass of chocolate milk or I pour myself a glass of eggnog. And like, there's still that small part of me in the back of my like, mind. It's like, pour milk into it. Mom and dad looking. <laughs> right? I, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, my mom. I, probably I might actually do this right now. Yeah, I'm going as for it. All, yeah, as we all know, moms can see everything. So my mom probably knows every time that I don't pour milk into my eggnog. You get a message. You're like, I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> it's actually me texting you. Like, sorry, I thought you were a mom. Yeah, my phone's buzzing. <laughs> what are you doing, Christopher? Yeah. All right, let's get into a little football here. Enough of our wild eggnog extravaganzas. Uh, we had a really, really monumental win this week. It's not the Seahawks. Sorry, Christopher. Uh, it is the Detroit one-win Lions football team. One win. That means they cannot be the worst team to ever field uh, a football field. And we, you know, now that the games have or the season has extended to seventeen games, there's that big joke like. Are, are the Lions going to take their crown back? Because they were obviously the first ones to go 0-16. The Cleveland Browns then matched that at 0-16. And it looked like they were going to go to 0-17. No, 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 no. They had the tie. Well, you're still winless. I, I would say if I they mean, went 0-16-1, you're still the worst football team ever. You, you lost 16 games and you kissed your sister on one of them. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe even worse than 0-16. <laughs> 0 oh, 17. <laughs> uh, yeah, the 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 Detroit Lions. I I should have reached out to our friend uh, Andrew to ask how he felt about it because I don't know how it affects their uh their their draft ranking or still at, at all. I, I don't think it does. Um, so they're they're still in position to to land the first overall draft pick. Um, but yeah, it, I mean it was. I mean, they were up for a long time, and then Minnesota scored a, a, a late touchdown to take the lead. I think there was like a minute 45 less left in the game, some, somewhere around there anyways. 
And uh, Jared Goff led the game-winning drive, which I actually watched the, the, the entire drive and the end of that game. And super impressive. He made all the throws he had to make and, you know, checked down when he had to check down and finished the game off with uh, this impressive touchdown throw. Comfortable. There's Hawkinson inside. Here we go. Goff from the gun to Before we talk about the terrible defense, I love seeing how much it means to those players to pick up. I mean, that's Detroit's first win in it's like 364 days because their last win came on uh, December 6th of last year. So like one year almost to the day since their last win. Um, And I mean, of course, this is Dan Campbell's first victory as a head coach. Um, you know, Amon Ross, St. Brown, uh, rookie wide receiver for Detroit caught the game winning touchdown. So, you know, he gets to taste victory for the first time as a rookie and it's got to feel good for Jared Goff as well. I mean, he's, uh, he got crapped on a lot in LA. He hasn't exactly, you know, redeemed himself in, in Detroit either. Not, not that he has a, a great supporting cast around him either. Um, but you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, like Goff is only good because of McVay, but like which whatever so it's it, it's it's cool to see i mean it it's it, I, I remember when uh cleveland after they went 0 and 16 and they drafted baker and the following season uh tyrod taylor got hurt and baker mayfield came in and like everyone was cheering for cleveland to you know get off the snide and get that first win so it same same thing with detroit like you can't hate them like yeah it's and like to to kind of further that the clip there obviously if you're listening on uh, a podcast somewhere you won't have seen this but the clip obviously shows you know they they pan to the fans and the fans are just amped like i mean my you team lost hear- today and we're going to get into you know how disappointing that is but my team also has 8 wins this season alone like i can't imagine being a fan of that team being like, are we ever going to win a game again? Like is, is this the, the only time we're ever going to? So they were super, super jazzed up for that. They're, they're not kind of quitting on their team. They're, they're rallying behind them. They won at home too, which always, you know, is a little nicer for that first win. So uh, definitely good to see Detroit get their first win there. You are right. They, uh, the, the second to last team are the Jaguars. They have two wins, so it didn't change their their draft order or anything like that. Uh, we know Jacksonville is hoping that they pass them because Jacksonville always cheers for their team to lose so they can get a better pick. <laughs> we talked about that last year. And it was pretty cool as well in, in the post-game press conference. I don't, I don't know if you saw this or not, but... Uh... Dan Campbell had the game ball with him at the podium at the press conference and, uh, and, you know, awarded the game ball to the community of Oxford. Um, which of course there was just uh, a a huge tragedy in, in Oxford and, uh, 
and yeah, it's just it was cool to see him him do that and and him say you know don't forget the names of the people and you know listed off all of the people that were you know I guess directly affected by that, but also said you know not just them but their brothers, their sisters, their mothers, their fathers, and and everything. So and uh, I mean of course uh, you know I'm not to speak for Steve, but uh, you know with Ballhawks podcast thoughts are with the community of Oxford as well. Um, just absolute tragedy what happened there so yeah um yeah definitely uh one one other kind of feel-good moment that we had this uh week you actually sent me this one this one was a little weird but really uh kind of cool to see how much again we're, we're talking about how much this game and and their careers mean to them uh Gardner Minshew got the start for the Philadelphia Eagles he won the game, uh, looked really impressive. At one point, I tweeted something. I can't remember what the numbers were, but between him and uh, who who are they playing again? I can't remember. The Jets. The Jets. So they had Zach Wilson in there, uh, and it was something like 23 for 25 completions between both quarterbacks like and two touchdowns each. They were tearing it up early on. Uh, so Gardner Minshew wins and then he meets his dad, was it in yeah. uh, kind of outside the arena? And it's it's a little weird, but it, it turns into like this feel good kind of moment. Do you have that one? Uh, I, di- I didn't load it oh. up. Simply, it's, OK, I don't don't, have, don't worry about loading it up. People can find the, it. The, yeah, look, I definitely recommend people looking it up. The reason I didn't uh, load it up is because like. All you can hear is the fans in the background yelling. Oh yeah, like, I guess there's no audio too. Yeah. like for the veterans, like it, like it was just like very like I don't know it. It wouldn't play well on a podcast, so I, I, I didn't download it. But definitely go on Twitter, find that video of Gardner Minshew and his dad. Um, looks like in you know the 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 back of the stadium before Minshew jumped back on the team bus, and like he's just fired up like he is so excited that he got a chance to start he won he played a really good game um and and you know it it, maybe starting a little bit of quarterback controversy in philadelphia like you know should he maintain the starting position should they go back to jalen hurts i mean my vote is for this guy personally like i mean how do you not go with that mullet he doesn't take number twos either no, he doesn't take number doesn't twos. Doesn't take number twos. That won't accept it. So, I I say stick uh, stick with Minshew Mania. I mean, ride the hot hand. Not that Hertz has been playing poorly, but um, maybe Philly needs more of a, a man traditional. Maybe they need more of a traditional quarterback to help run that offense better. I I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean. Philly hasn't been great all year, so so why not? It just seems like everywhere Minshew goes, there's some sort of quarterback controversy that follows him. Uh, for my fantasy football team, I'm going to say no because he only targeted Devontae Smith uh, four times in the game and only completed two passes to him, so that didn't help me. Um, I, I don't know if you watched any of this game. I'm not sure what you were up to, but there was a roller coaster of emotions going on in Cincinnati today. Do you see any of it? Uh, I caught a good portion of the second half. 
Okay. Uh, missed the first half just while I was grocery shopping, running errands, what have you. And then I got home from the grocery store and it's like, you know, put away groceries and eat lunch and do those sorts of things. So, but I, I did see a good, good portion of it. Um, what's going on with those two teams? Like it's, I feel it's like it's super, the AFC like, though. Like they're embodying what the AFC is doing right now, where it's like one, one week a team comes out flying they look great, and then the other week, they look like they're dead. And in this game, they decided to do it a couple times throughout the game. So LA starts the game off. Uh, they get 24 unanswered points. And obviously, I am feeling good about that in the morning, so I tweeted out being like, ha, 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 this makes me happy before my team's even played. And then, of course, someone's like, oh, I didn't want to jinx it. Of course, what would happen, the Cincinnati Bengals come back with, uh, 22 unanswered points. So then it like, you feel like, oh my gosh, this is actually a game again. And then in the fourth quarter, the Chargers score 17 unanswered. So it was just like, okay, we're good now. Okay, now we suck. We'll let you be good. Okay, now we want to be good again. Like it was just, it was so all over the place. I don't remember the last time I watched a game where it was so high scoring. It was close at one point. But it was never a competitive game. Like, at mm -hmm. no point at all during the game, I was like, oh, yeah, this team's got it in the bag. Or like, wow, I, I have no idea how this game is going to end. It's just like, as soon as, since he kind of, you know, made that leap back, it was like, okay, now we're punching it in again. And it was like, oh, okay, never mind. They're actually not for real today. Yeah, from what I was watching, um, the Bengals really struggled with, turnovers um i mean joe burrow had two interceptions he he lost a fumble um i know mixon lost a fumble which ended up in uh turned into a uh defensive touchdown yeah uh scoop and score uh burrow was sacked six times um uh, which i'm i'm sure i i didn't see anything um but i'm sure there were some people you know in, in the the deep dark corners of twitter screaming should have drafted Penny <laughs> Yeah. Um, which I mean, I was on that, uh, I was on that train early in the season as well, but I think Jamar Chase has proven enough that they did make the right decision there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, just two wildly inconsistent teams. Like, like you said, like, I mean, it embodies the AFC where it's a, like, yeah, like both these teams one week, they'll come out and they'll be just absolute world burners. And then the next week they disappear and crap the bed. So are we going to see the Chargers crap the bed next week? I don't know. I don't know who they play. I didn't do my research to actually look into that because I don't care enough. Um, but and like, do the Bengals like? Do they wake up and do they play better next week? Is is this kind of how the rest of their season is going to go? So very interesting. Um, I mean, the AFC we've been seeing it for weeks now is an absolute crapshoot um i mean the, the the chiefs seem to be waking up um they they laid a a beating on the broncos tonight um but again like the the broncos are their record i think is is better than they actually are yeah i, I mean they were one of those teams that started off three and oh right we had that yeah. we had that one episode where we're like all right which one of these three and oh teams are legit and clearly it wasn't denver I, I don't know if that's just a product of 
you know, early season capitalization or what it, what haves you. Um, I was actually just reading something as you were, I was multitasking. It looks like Joe Burrow has a broken or sorry, a dislocated pinky finger. So that could, uh, he says he's not going to miss any games because of it, but obviously, um, I I couldn't figure out whether it was on his throwing hand or not. I think it was. Um, I, either way, it's, it's something that's going to affect that team moving forward. Um, just really quickly before we jump into your Seahawks here, cause we need a little, little positivity on this podcast. Um, so let's make fun of the Houston Texans. They got shut out again <laughs> today. Hey, Houston, your team sucks. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, my team can't score points, but your team legitimate, like actually can't score points. I saw a thing on Twitter where a fan printed out a banner and stood up right in front of the owner's suite telling him to sell the team. Really? (laughs) Yeah, he got kicked out of the stadium immediately after that happened. wonder why. Yeah, right? But, like, how are the Houston Texans 3-8 and right now? Or 3-9, and I guess, now? They're 3-10. 2-10. Okay, 2-10. What did I, I, I thought I saw somewhere they had three wins. Regardless, how? How do they have more than zero wins? <laughs> I mean, they, they've been shut out twice this season. Uh, we, we already discussed the, uh, actually, we've discussed both the 0-16 Detroit Lions and the 0-16 Cleveland Browns of 2008 and 2017, respectively. Um, neither one of those teams got shut out once. And Houston's been shut out twice now. It's pretty That's... darn hard to not kick a field goal at some point. Right. Like, like to not get put yourself in a position to kick a field goal. Um, or maybe they did and their kicker missed it. I don't know because I <laughs> definitely didn't watch which would be any funnier. of that game. Like, you can't even get a kicker to kick you points. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, embarrassingly bad, which... It, it, it's no surprise. I mean, there's not a lot of talent on that team. Like they have what Laramie Tunsil, yeah. which they, what do they have a outside lot of, for uh, <laughs> to protect exactly. Deshaun they, Watson they <laughs> mortgage their future to, to get Laramie Tunsil. Yeah. And what else do they have outside of that? I mean, Tyrod Taylor's not, I mean, he got benched today. Uh, Brandon Cooks has been a bit of a suitcase wide receiver, so he's been all over the place, and who knows what he really is. I mean, he's getting um, a little older, right? I mean, they've got Cooks, they've got Nico Collins, who they just drafted. Like, they've, they've got these lower-end pieces. Like, there's a reason why Nico Collins lasted until the third round. Like, he's not a, you know, a, a world beater by any means. Um, the problem with them is Bill O'Brien, who... Oddly enough, is the offensive coordinator for the Alabama Crimson Tide, was really bad at his job. Like he he was. he was the whipping boy of the NFL. Like anybody knew, like if you had to trade away somebody, good old Bob Bill O'Brien would give you whatever you wanted for him. Well, and he so gave like away DeAndre Hopkins for what a second round draft pick. Yeah, like <laughs> nope, not gonna happen. And like. <sighs> He was trading away future assets on a team that wasn't close to winning. Like, like you gave big assets to get Laramie Tunzel, who's been good. He's been a really, really effective left tackle in the league. But 
you're not even close. What are you doing? Like, yeah. Anyways, we've spent enough time on them. They suck. They don't deserve our time. Uh, hey, hey, Houston, be better. Actually, don't because it's funnier when you're not. <laughs> if you could just get shut out like two or three more times before the regular season's done, uh, that would be great. But Christopher, your Seattle Seahawks are no yes. longer that close. They are no longer one win better than the Houston Texans. They are now two wins better than the Houston Texans. And I know this one feels good to you because you've said to me time after time that the 49ers are your least favorite. They're, they're your Steelers. So you and I had double rival week this week. Uh, tell us about the Seahawks today. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's the thing is like, I, I was talking about it with, uh, with another uh, fellow Seahawks fan and, and uh, I asked him the question. I was like, Rams or Niners? Who do you hate more? He's like, oh, 49ers. Easy. <laughs> and like, the sense I get on Twitter is that most Seahawks fans are that way. But I do see a, quite a few still post that they hate the Rams more. I cannot stand the San Francisco 49ers. I don't like the Rams. The Cardinals are like, the Cardinals are my meh team of the division. Like, take them or leave them. I don't have a, a huge hatred for them. I hate the San Francisco 49ers. And anytime we play them, I want nothing more than to win that game. We could lose all other 15 games of the year as long as we beat the 49ers. I'm going to stick that feather in my cap and walk away smiling and rub it in the Niners. The Niners could win all their games except for those Seahawks games. I don't care. I'm always <laughs> going to rub it in their face that, hey, I don't care. Tell us we suck. We still beat you twice. Yeah. And guess what? This season, again, back-to-back years, we beat you twice. We swept you. Bring out the brooms. Bring out the brooms, baby. I Actually, I, I, I tweeted a couple gifts of brooms today. Uh, I tweeted a, a good, a, a fun one, Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, <laughs> playing the, the air guitar on the broom. Yeah. Uh, that, that was a fun one. Um, I also love how, like, Niners fans, like, their biggest, like, chirp. Actually, this is pretty much any NFL fan, but, like, especially, like, any NF, NFC West di- di- division rival, excuse me. So, like, we see it from the Niners fans. We see it from the Rams fans. I don't ever see any Cardinals fans tweeting, so I don't know if there are any actual Cardinals fans. Um, but it's always like, oh, like, oh, never seen a Seahawks fan before 2012. Like, before 2012, the Seahawks didn't even have any fans. Like, it's the 12th man because that's when people started cheering for them in 2012. It's just like, come up with new new material. It's like how I feel when people call me short when I play lacrosse. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I am short. I'm five foot nine. I'm, I'm not a very tall person. You're absolutely correct. Um, and like, usually when I say that, I'm like, they're like, Oh, well now what? I'm like, yeah, exactly. That's how I feel about saying that I've only been a fan since 2012. Like, okay, no, I haven't, but like maybe you've only been a fan since 2012. And that's why you've only noticed a Seahawks fan since then. Uh, comment from, uh, wow. I have not heard from this person in a long time. Mr. Jeff Connaughton. What's going on, Jeff? Uh, Rams fans are more fun to chat with. Been to both stadiums. And and then, and then Jeff, <laughs> Jeff chimed in. 
So I know Jeff from lacrosse. He is a, uh, oh, I mean, I've, I've known Jeff since God, probably since I was seven or eight years old, maybe, maybe earlier than that. Used to play lacrosse against my dad and it was a long time referee in the Okanagan here. Uh, and wanted to chime in that I cheat. He says that you cheat at face-offs. And to that, Jeff, I say, if you aren't cheating, you aren't trying. Um, and it's only it's cheating if you get caught, which I know you knew I was cheating every single time, but you only called me on it once a game. Just, just to remind me like, Hey, Chris, I know you're cheating. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, talking about the, the Seahawks again here. So, yeah, it would. It, it felt good to beat the Niners. It, it. I mean, the Seahawks are now four and eight. Um, I mean, there's still a, a slight chance that they make the playoffs. Uh, I'm just looking here now. Like, I think they're two game, maybe one game back, two games back of a playoff spot. I don't know. I think it was something like set. that. Something like that, anyways. So, uh, something yeah. like that. Two games, two games back of the Eagles right now um, for that last wild card spot. Which next week we, we play Houston, so hopefully that's another shutout um, for the Seahawks. Shutout Houston, not us get shutout. <laughs> I don't want to be. I don't want to be after you know. Wouldn't that just be like irony? Hey, after chirping the Houston Texans for being shut out right. twice, Seattle goes to Houston, gets shut out, and it's their second time being shut out in this it, for uh, for the year. <laughs> um we i would have to bring that up just so you know oh please do please do um today's game was one of the craziest games i think i've ever seen um save for the you know the nfc championship game against the packers because that game was just absolute bonkers but like today we had a fake punt touchdown we had turnovers turnovers all over the place fumbles interceptions we saw we had a safety uh, the Seahawks defense had a last minute game saving stop and possibly the most surprising and craziest thing of all, Pete Carroll won a challenge. Ooh, like, that don't, that don't happen very often. No, for any of, uh, you know, as, as long time Seahawks fans that, uh, I mean, Pete is notorious for throwing the red flag when he shouldn't, he challenges the worst of the worst plays and every time he throws the red flag, I'm like, I like face palm. I'm like, oh, Pete, we need that timeout, timeout later in the game. Like, what are you doing? But today he threw the uh, the red flag on uh, a Brandon Ayuk reception. Uh, the officials called it a reception on the field. Um, it 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 didn't look like it because I mean he caught it, came down, he jumped up, caught it, came down, and as he came down, Quandre Diggs popped him and. Ayuk went to the ground as and the ball popped out. Um, so Pete challenged it, and the ruling on the field was incomplete, which that play happened on third down, so it led to a fourth down punt, which was huge um, for Seattle to get the ball back. Um, a couple other things that happened today that I was very happy about. I've got a long list of things that I was happy mm-hmm. about today, guys. Uh, D. Eskridge scored his first touchdown. I saw that. Yeah, that was so he cool. He had a couple big plays too. He uh, he had a big uh, third down conversion uh, late in the first half when the Seahawks were were driving there. Um, made, made a nice catch, uh, slipped the uh, tackle and got out of bounds to stop the clock. And then actually, I'm pretty sure that's when he got the uh, the the his touchdown was 
on that same drive right before halftime. So, uh, and same thing, made the catch, slipped the tackle, and dove into the end zone. So, super happy for D. Eskridge. Um, I know a lot of people, myself included, have been not so much um, crapping on D. Eskridge, um, but more so the, the Seahawks' front office. I mean, a number three wide receiver um, is a luxury and it's nice to have. But at the same time, Creed Humphrey was sitting right there and the Seahawks <laughs> didn't take him to be. And I mean, he's the top graded uh, offensive lineman in the NFL right now as a rookie. And the Seahawks biggest weakness on the offensive line is arguably center. I would argue the entire offensive line is <laughs> weak, but. Dwayne Brown, I looked uh, looking his age. That's for sure. He got roasted a couple times today. Uh, Russell Wilson was really good today. My dad doesn't think so, but that's okay. My dad and I disagree on a lot of things. Um, but Russ went thirty for thirty-seven, two hundred and thirty-one yards and two touchdowns. I have no complaints about that. He did have an interception as well, but um, I'll, I'll touch on that in a second here. Uh, Carlos Dunlop, who has been quiet all season and actually one of the smarter moves the Seahawks front office made this offseason was not extending him um, because of how quiet he has been. He finally recorded his first sack of the year. You did it. And that's he did it. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. You're doing and it, that Peter. sack actually was a safety. Oh. Yeah, that was the game tying safety that wow. uh that yeah. Yeah, my wife and daughter were upstairs today uh, doing their nails and, and whatever, which they have to go upstairs to paint their nails because I cannot stand the smell of nail oh, polish. it stinks it so me, bad. Gives me an instant headache. Instant headache, yeah. Yes, so they were painting nails upstairs and finally they come back downstairs and my wife goes, God, you're loud. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm just watching football. <laughs> like, you're loud. I could hear you guys laughing upstairs. Like, you're loud. <laughs> Um, broomstick on the, on the floor where it's like, hey, stop laughing so much <laughs> yeah, like, up there. You right, like, like in Friends, like they're stomping on the floor yeah. and banging their ceiling with a broom. What was that guy's um, name again? I don't know, oh, Mr. Something, Mr. Yeah. Mr. yeah, I was gonna say Mr. Something, but I, I, I can't remember. If anyone's anyone who's watching, if you remember who the uh angry neighbor's name was in Friends, uh, please throw it in the chat really quick here. Um, Dun Dunlap also had the uh, final play of the game. He batted down Jimmy G's last pass on fourth and goal to end the game with 12 seconds left. Uh, so Russ and the offense could come back out, take a knee, end the game. Um, I guess I'm going to get to it before I forget. Mr. Heckles. Mr. Heckles, there we go. Yeah, look it up. Sorry. Sorry for cutting that's, you off. That's okay. That, that that's that, it was very important I, <laughs> I i don't blame you if you were talking about the ravens and you mentioned friends i would then also be googling the the the, the neighbor's name and uh, I, I, I try to do a really good story. job of listening and, and you know being attentive for seahawks stuff but not when there's trivia stuff that's like eating at me i just it's one of those things no. i'm like i gotta go if I wasn't talking about the Seahawks right now, like I said, I, I would have been Googling it for sure. Cause I'm the same way. I'm like, I need the answer. Yeah. Um, like I said, this is one of the most bizarre games that, that I saw and the game didn't start off very, very good for Seattle. 
Um, started with a three and out, which they ran two screen passes in their first offensive drive. And I was swearing at my TV being like, what the are they doing running screen passes? Like stop enough with the screen passes. So then on fourth down, uh, they go to punt and this thing happened. Third and long is what's played this team. But here we have a fake. It is a fake. And this is Travis Homer who got a block, takes it the other way. And this will be six. Can you believe it? 73 yards. gutsy call here direct snap to travis homer there is no one out in front of him they exposed the niners wow 73 yards untouched to the house on a fake punt which like everyone was shocked that pete carroll ran a fake punt to begin with but then like pete went for it a few times on fourth down today so maybe that's uh you know maybe that's the way of the future and the seahawks are gonna have some balls, uh, you know, for the rest of the season here and, and go for it on fourth down and, and maybe run run some of those fake plays. I, I know there was an, uh, another trick play that they ran later in the game uh, where Russ threw it to DK, DK threw it back to Russ, and Russ just missed Tyler Lockett for the touchdown. Um, I don't know if you saw it in the, in the clip there, Steve, but uh, when the, the camera pans to the fans – and one woman like turns around to the Niners fan behind her and like just starts yelling at the guy. I, I would love to know what she said. It, uh, you'll, you'll have to go back and, and rewatch the clip or maybe I'll play it again uh, uh, before we sign off for the night after, after we're done the show, I'll, I'll play it for you again. You'll, you'll see okay. it there. Um, I, I would like to add in um, please everyone, Nick Bellore, Quandre Diggs and Michael Dixon deserve your pro bowl votes go vote for those guys get them in the pro bowl nick Bellore was an absolute stud today i mean he made that 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 block just now for travis homer on that uh you know blocking the one and only guy that had to be blocked um so homer could get that touchdown he forced a fumble on a kickoff uh he made a couple big tackles uh he made a huge block for adrian peterson to get a touchdown um for the seattle seahawks which who would have thought you'd be saying those words in 2021? <laughs> uh, Anything is possible. Had, yeah, Quandre Diggs had a big game. He had an interception. He had again some some big tackles. And Michael Dixon is easily the best punter in the NFL. So go vote for those guys. Get them in the Pro Bowl. Shut up, Steve. We're talking about the Seahawks. We're talking, we're talking about the Seahawks right now, not the Ravens. Uh, <laughs> well, you said the NFL. Now we're fighting. Yeah. If you said NFC, As, you can have NFC. No, I, I, I said what I said and I meant what I said. Sam Cook could kick circles around your boy. So could Sam Cook punt the ball twice if he had to? <laughs> Never has to. He does it right on the first time. Mm, well, you know what? <laughs> Seahawks, can't, the Seahawks can't block very good. <laughs> Also, um, as Sam Cook has a perfect passer rate rating. So, the Seahawks swept the Niners again this year, and Russell Wilson improves to seventeen and four versus San Francisco. Ooh. Hey, San Fran, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? That's right, 
Russell Wilson is the daddy of the San Francisco 49ers. Um, the Niners didn't score any points in the second half. Lumen Field was absolutely rocking today. Um, I love hearing the fans be that loud. Um, I know it's uh, you know pretty hard to cheer for your team when they're not playing well. Um, I would like to say, please cheer for the team just as hard, uh, you know, in losing moments as you did for them today, because it, it gets the players hyped. It gets them amped up. It gets them more involved. And from somebody watching from home, I love hearing it. Um, the NFL looks really dumb for flexing this game out of prime time, especially replacing it with the chiefs and Broncos. Like, I'm sorry. That was when I saw the Seahawks Niners getting flexed out, I was like, I was like, okay, I, I guess I get it. Like Seahawks Niners usually like makes for for good TV, but like I guess I understand. But like, why not put the Bengals and the Chargers in that spot, or the Steelers and the Ravens in that spot? Like I just yeah. I don't understand how they went with the Chiefs and the Broncos. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, there was a few negatives today. Um, Gerald Everett had probably the worst game of his entire career today. He had two fumbles, uh, and he created an interception, which when I say he created an interception, Russell Wilson hit him right in the hands for what would have been a touchdown. And Everett bobbled it once, bobbled it twice, went to the ground, kicked it up in the air, and the DB was like, Thank you. <laughs> Easy interception. Um, and then his two fumbles, one of them was in Seahawks territory, which led to uh, the Niners first, first touchdown of the game, which George Kittle went off today. I think the last I saw he had like 190 yards and two touchdown, two touchdowns or something stupid. The Seahawks had no, no answer to stopping him. Uh, but the other fumble for Everett was uh, like on the Niners two yard line or one yard line or something brutal uh, and, and killed. So he, he killed two scoring drives for the Seahawks. The game probably shouldn't have been as close as it was because uh, Everett had those, those two costly turnovers with the fumble and the interception, which I know gets tagged on Russ's stat line, but really it was Gerald Everett's fault. And then lastly, um, Jamal Adams left the game with a shoulder injury. It's sounding like it's a shoulder sprain, um, but it's it's never good news when a guy goes out with an injury and is seen on the sidelines in the second half in street clothes. Yeah, never a good sign, right? And it it, it sounds like it's the same injury or same shoulder that he had surgery on back in January. So hopefully Jamal is not going to miss any time um, or minimal time. I mean, Ryan, Ryan Neal performed well in, in his, in, in relief. Um, but Jamal has been playing, in my opinion, really good football this year. Uh, he hasn't been the, you know, he's, I know that once called him blitz boy. Um, I think he needs to drop that moniker. He's shown really well in pass coverage. Um, he's played really good. I have no complaints about Jamal Adams this year. So, yeah, that's my Seahawks recap. Um, like I said, I am giddy. As Steve mentioned, I'm bouncing up and down on my couch here. Because uh, anytime you can de defeat your 
in my opinion, number one division rival. It's a good time. It's a good time. Shut up. <laughs> I'm sorry. <sighs> you're just the you're just the worst. Like, I don't even know I why know. I do this with you. Like, we we were having such a good time there. We I I'm happy for you. We weren't taking shots at each other. Then you start that off with the my yeah. punter's the best in the NFL, and followed by well, oh, I guess we beat our division rivals. I mean, I feel like I've been pretty good this year when your team has been losing every week. And I've been like, hey, Chris, you know, like, how's life? Are you okay? Can I give you a hug? Uh, what are the positives from the game? And you just choose violence. So, hey, you know what? It's it, it wasn't a shot on you. It may have been a I can see how you would think poorly it was a backhanded, poorly backhanded timed. shot. Yeah. It was not, it, there was no, no, uh, you know, arrows shot your direction. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I yeah. also hate the Steelers. <laughs> but, anyways, what happened in the Ravens game today, Steve? Well, as you can, are, are you changing the ticker? I don't know if you have the ticker. Up. They lost. They lost by one point. Uh, we'll get, we'll get to the crazy ending at the end of this. Um, I feel we'll like I see this every week. Two, two things I say every week, and I feel like a broken record. Uh, the Ravens start off super, super slow. On offense, they it's like they're just waking up each time they start the game. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what they have to change. But usually, your first couple offensive drives should be some of your best. They, sh- they should be scripted. I mean, if you're going to get the kickoff... You already have a planned drive. I'm not sure what's happening that they're starting off so slow offensively. Um, And the other one is that the Ravens want to give me a heart attack and kill me before I'm 35, which also stayed true. Um, You know, the, the first half, honestly, there was a lot of kind of plays on both teams. Like, no offense really kind of took the reins there wasn't you know a whole lot of wow drives it was a lot of you know just missed execution like it was just ugly all around and that that goes for both teams uh you know the, the Ravens did have a good opening drive starts looking promising Lamar throws a boneheaded interception um he's kind of he's kind of running on his back heels uh and instead of just chucking it away and you know I, I I have a hard time saying this because when he makes those miraculous plays, everyone's, you know, jumping up and down and be like, oh, Lamar's making something out of nothing. But now we're starting to see those boneheaded plays uh, go the other way, almost, almost like how Mahomes was early in the year. Uh, so he throws an interception in the red zone. They don't get any points on that one. Uh, one positive I did have, this goes actually for the whole game, but it, it was very apparent off the start that Devontae Freeman looks like old Devontae Freeman. Remember him back in the Falcons days, Chris? Shifty, fast, aggressive, like, you know, hits that one cut and goes. He looked so good early. He looked explosive uh, right through the whole game. Uh, obviously, he got the first touchdown in the first half. Um, so, so that was good to see for him. Obviously we've struggled at running back all season. It looks like 
he's kind of taken that number one job and he deserves it honestly he's he's been making the right uh blocks in protection he's been running the ball effectively when his o-line is giving him something and he's been making really good uh catches out of the backfield and uh, I'm I'm really happy for Devontae Freeman. It's kind of like his resurgent year. Um, there was a drive in the first half, the one that Devontae Freeman ended with a touchdown. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers punter has his punt go out on like not even the half yard line, but like the the point one yard line like it was as far back as you could go without actually getting a touchback so the ravens have to essentially go 99 and a half yards to score and everyone's like well don't see this happening uh and they do it so that that was good it, obviously a huge turning point in the game the ravens looked like they kind of controlled it from there um but one, one of the things early that they were fighting was they were putting themselves in these third and long situations where I think at one point I looked on the screen and the broadcast had it up there. Their average yards to go on third down was like 8.8 or something like that. That's not a recipe for success. That means you have to pass the ball. Like you're, you're not going to hand it off at that point. If you can get it to third and two, third and three, even third and fourth, you know, there's that element of like a check down could get you a first down. Uh, Lamar could third, use his legs to get you that first down. Third and long, that is a page out of the uh, 2021 Seattle Seahawks playbook. <laughs> and uh, I can tell you guys from experience, it's not, it's not a good play, guys. You don't want to run that play. The Seahawks, free, free piece I, I didn't of advice. mention this. The Seahawks at one point today were at second and 43. What? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it was bad. So, but I, sorry to take over your Raven, no. Raven segment here. Bobby Wagner intercepted Jimmy Garoppolo in 49ers territory. So you're like, okay, like worst case scenario, Seahawks coming away with three points here, right? And then uh, what happened? It was like Russell fumbled the ball and it went like backwards, like a million yards and they were lucky to recover it. And then there might've been a penalty and like, it was just like a comedy of errors. And then the Seahawks managed to get themselves in like maybe a manageable field goal range. It was like a 56 yard field goal and they missed it. So I'm like, I'm like, if that is not the like definition of Seahawks offense this year, where it's like, Hey guys, the defense set you up to get some points and they somehow push themselves backwards into a 56 yard field goal and still don't get, get the points i don't know what else right. is, says seahawks football but uh but i don't but think yeah. that's honestly i don't think that's just seahawks football though I, th- I think that's something our teams are actually sharing in common is this like on offense they're biting themselves in the foot to set themselves up for failure i, I know in the broadcast at one point the the ravens first four penalties were all pre-snap penalties so false starts illegal shifts um those those push you backwards and don't allow you to run your normal playbook. So set yourself up for success by, you know, getting good chunk yards on first down. I mean, the the Steelers offense looks terrible. They they honestly look horrible. Um, there's no easy way around it. 
But when they started using Najee Harris to get themselves plus yards by, you know, using his catching ability, uh, they, they kind of set themselves up for those third and short situations uh, that paid dividends. Now, there was one other play I wanted to highlight. I don't know. I asked you like as maybe just a couple minutes ago to find this one. Uh, there was a play in the basically the end of the second quarter. Uh, ben throws up a ball to on the sideline to Deontay Johnson, and it's kind of going over his head. And the Ravens safety Chuck Clark is going over there, and Deontay Johnson looks like he's going to jump for it, and then realizes like yeah, that's probably too high for me and lays off. But Chuck Clark does not lay off of him and lays the friggin' lumber to him, hits him. So it was a clean hit on the the real time. It looked like he crowned him. And then you rewatch it and it is shoulder to shoulder. But the fact that there was no penalty on this play, I'll take it. But wow, was it a penalty? Do you have the clip? I do. Blue 20! Blue 20! He's going along for Deontay Johnson. Oh, he oh, got hammered on the sideline. Well, that's got to be a penalty, right? You can hear it up here. There's no flag. Oh, that was Chuck Clark who decked him, flattened him. You can hear it. Way up here, you can hear it clear as day. Oh, maybe it was. A, it looked clean right there, didn't it, Jim? Ooh, that's really close. Ooh, wow, that's such a wicked hit. Right well, it just... Oh, man, hearing those shoulder pads, like, <laughs> playing together is like, my God. But no, that's not a flag. Okay, There's so... nothing wrong with that hit. So think about it this way. Um, I, I could have seen it going... Uh, Either way. Now, the I think they didn't throw it because, I mean, Chuck Clark's just coming towards there. He expects, you know, a really good receiver in Deontay Johnson to come down and make this circus catch. And all he's trying to do is pop that ball out, run through his defender. The bad part is he doesn't look at the football. The football goes way over his head and he unleashes on him. So I, I know it's one of those bang, bang plays. Um, I think they were saying in the broadcast, it could have been unnecessary roughness by letter of the law. It probably was, um, I just, I love, I love like he decletes Deontay Johnson so badly. And that's what this rivalry is about. Like hard smash mouth football. So that one was fun to watch. Not so fun. It, if you're it, Deontay that, Johnson, that hit reminds me so much of the, uh, Cam Chancellor on Vernon Davis hit from, I want to say 2013, 2014, something like that. When like Cam just, do you remember that one? Mm, I feel like I will if I see it. So, and, and, and that's part of the reason why I say like, that, that, that's not a penalty, man. It's like, because I remember how pissed I was when Cam blew up uh Vernon Davis and be like that's not a penalty like it's shoulder to his chest like there's nothing wrong with that hit and like same with like Chuck Clark like it sounds nasty for sure um 
and maybe like but like that's about it like it sounds a lot worse than than i think it actually was right like he, it looked like the, the the player was going up to make a play for the ball and and the db was like okay well i'm making a play too i mean the popular thing on on twitter yesterday was that uh uh quarterback for Pitt who uh you know made the the, the fake slide and everyone's like yeah. oh that's bs and that's b like the, the the defender was letting up like that's stupid and and whatever right so it's just like Chuck Clark was like, well, I'm not letting up here. Like, I'm going to hit this guy. Right. So here's the, uh, the the chance for hit on Vernon Davis. Oh, wow. There's no audio to this one, but uh, that that's a nasty hit. There there was obviously yep. no audio on that, but that was a nasty there was no audio. hit. Yeah. Like the only other video I could find was like a fan video. So like all you can hear is the, the, the fans yelling, which mm. is not as good as like, like TV broadcast audio, but it, but it's still same thing. Like, like I said, the can got flagged, I think for like defenseless receiver or something like that. Cause they thought they hit it. They, the, the refs thought cam hit him in the, in the head, but it was shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. Um, okay, just a couple more things I want to get to here. Uh, I obviously can't end my Ravens thing here with uh, without talking about the final play. Uh, the Ravens come back. Nothing about their offensive game today told me they could even come back in this game to make this happen. Um, so, first of all, the fact that they drove it down the field and got the touchdown is so awesome now as soon as they score if you were watching it as soon as they score john harbaugh puts two fingers up for two points they're going for two points right from the start it was not like this was a predetermined thing being like if if we get this we're gonna end this game we're not going to another overtime here and one of my so what what i posted on twitter was uh before they did it i was like this is gutsy and i love it like what Harbaugh has done since getting Lamar Jackson is he's looked at, uh, you know, analytics a lot more. When do you go for it? What's the probability? Obviously, it's a high probability that you get this uh, this point. And what I said was, if you like it when they they go for those plays, I mean, there, there was the one play, uh, you know, with the last football game I went to on my honeymoon when they were in Seattle and, and Hey, we're taking shots. <laughs> I'm starting it right here. There was a I fourth, we were friends. <laughs> there was a fourth down and this is where the whole like, hell yeah, coach, I want to go for it started. He was like, it's fourth down, but give me the ball. I want to go for it. They convert that into a touchdown. And all of a sudden people are like, yeah, John Harbaugh. I love how he goes for it. Give Lamar the ball. So, uh, I loved the call. I, I loved the play call. The play call was there. The play opened up. It was just, you know, a slight mis-execution on Lamar's part. And it was a slight mis-execution on Mark Andrews' part. It almost worked. It bounced off of his hands. Like, it almost worked. And uh, the one thing that I saw on Twitter, this kind of like summed it all up. Uh, if you think it's cool when John Harbaugh puts the ball in Lamar J- Jackson's hands for the win and it works, 
you don't get to be mad at John Harbaugh putting the ball in Lamar Jackson's hands for the win, and it doesn't work. Like, he, he's not going to get these 100% of the time. And they've played so many overtime games. Uh, what I'm going to get at next, there was probably a little bit of he knew about the injury to Marlon Humphrey, and he was like, we're not going to overtime in this game. Like, we're already thin at quarterback, uh, cornerback. So I loved it. Do you have the the clip of this one? So just before you show it, um, our, our buddy Marquise from Cover 4 with the guys said, I just wish that they didn't go to TJ Watt's side. To which I understand that. Um, I actually put the question into uh, Sarah Ellison, who joined us, and uh, her and uh, Kadri Ishmael do a, a sort of post-Ravens recap. So people that are much smarter than I am in the football world, I, I posed that question to them. Would you have flipped the play to avoid TJ Watt's side? And both of them responded with, absolutely not. It's Lamar Jackson. He was a unanimous MVP for a reason. He can make those plays. And he almost did. So when you watch the play, um, Lamar's throw is just a little outside, right? You, you probably want to flatten that a little bit. Uh, so it's a little bit outside. And some people were like, Lamar, you got to make that throw. But there was also a little something on Mark Andrews. He's running to the corner and he kind of like mistimes his shuffle he doesn't keep sprinting and like the ball misses in execution by um like maybe even an inch maybe even an inch inside or if mark andrews was running a split second faster he gets enough of his hand on that ball to to get it and bring it in that's how close uh execution is in the nfl so let's see that clip now this is a one play jackson flings it Andrews can't get to it, could not reel it in, incomplete. Unbelievable, it was a great play call, Andrews is open. Lamar though has a great T.J. Watt in his face, it's not an easy throw. The ball just has to be flicked with a little bit of height. Like I said, that I don't think we understand as casual fans how razor thin the margin for success and failure is in the NFL. Like, yeah, TJ Watt is like bowling down in on him, but it this play design, and I don't know this for sure because I'm not in Greg Roman's ear. Um, I feel like this play design is all about what you would do in a screen. You know they're coming at you. You're like, fine, come at us. We'll get the ball out quickly around you. He makes that quick little side shuffle, gets the ball through TJ Watt. Like I said, just a little bit outside, like by the smallest amount. And Mark Andrews, one split second faster or keeps running his route towards that corner. And uh, I'm I'm talking about a 21 to 20 win for the Ravens instead of a 20 to 19 loss. Uh, or like Tony Romo says there, if Lamar had got just a little more height on that ball. Yeah. Um, right? I, that, again, it, that's maybe such a like small razor thin difference, oh. right? If he gets too much height on that ball, that other DB that's coming in from behind has a chance to pick it the other way. Like 
that's how close the razor thin margin for success and failure is in the NFL. But that's what happens when you're playing division rivals, right? It's like those, those things, because you guys know each other so well. So it's like those little razor thin margins become that much smaller. Totally. You start to understand each other's tendencies and, and how they look in, in their delivery and stuff like that. So I completely agree. Um, obviously, I'll, I'll hit on the news that Ian Rappaport uh, reported. I always feel weird saying that. After the game, <laughs> Ravens star cornerback Marlon Humphrey is expected to be out for the season with shoulder injury per sources. A significant blow to Baltimore's defense. Another one. And then uh, a, a guy I follow on Twitter, uh, Baltimore Beatdown Podcast, Jake Luke, he said, I've legitimately never seen anything like this injury-wise, and I was there for 2014. And then someone else also commented, I think 09 was also bad, but you know this this was so much worse. Um, I, I don't know how they come back from this on the defensive end. They lost Marcus Peters. They lose Marlowe. Jimmy Smith is always banged up. It seems it's gonna it's gonna be a tough road. Um, but that's the story of this season. So keep battling, keep fighting. You always have a chance when Lamar Jackson is healthy, and I fully expect him to come back in his best MVP form. Uh, still got to make playoffs. So enough of that. I've had enough of football talk. Football's stupid. Just kidding. I, I love football. Even when my team loses, it's it's exciting. It's frustrating. It's sad. It's exciting. Uh, you don't know the good without the bad, so sometimes you got to lose. But this brings us into everybody's favorite time of the year, favorite time of the week, favorite time of our episode. It is the third down segment brought to you by Bad Tattoo Brewing in Kelowna. What do you have for t- me today? <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm just starting all, showing you all the different ways that you can hold up your fingers to make the number three. Oh. Which I was doing I was doing that with my son the other day. He goes, Daddy, I do three like this, which is like I think like his his thumb and his index finger down. And he goes, Daddy, how do you do three? And I hold up my three like middle fingers, I guess, like my index, my, my middle and my ring finger. And so then I show him a different way. And then I go, and buddy, you can also do three like this, which is like the, <laughs> the middle finger symbol. and the ring finger down thumb index and pinky up. And he goes, dad, that's what Spider-Man does. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. And then he starts yeah. going <laughs> and starts doing like Spider-Man motions and noises and all those things. So that's so funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. Man, like, four-year-olds the things they say like it's like i I, I don't know if i told you this one but to quickly add in another fun story with my son um he got himself dressed last week like head to toe like socks underwear pants shirt did the whole thing himself no help from mom and dad i'm like buddy great job like i'm so proud of you like you don't even need mom or dad anymore hey and he kind of smirks as as i'm like about to brush his teeth right like still needs mom to brush his teeth (laughs) mom and dad to brush his teeth and uh i go hey buddy like should like should you just like get rid of mom and dad he goes no you still wipe my butt (laughs) (laughs) smart kid smart kid (laughs) yes i do yes yes i do you've got about eight months to figure that out but or 
I don't know, 10 months actually. You have about 10 months to figure that out before you go to kindergarten, buddy. Um, Anyways, third down segment, uh, once again, presented by Bad Tattoo Brewing, which, as mentioned previously, guys, I did get my Bad Tattoo Brewing advent calendar, which if you aren't following us on Instagram, go give us a follow at, uh, at ballhawks underscore pod. Uh, so same handle as our Twitter account, as I have been posting every day what my beer of the day has been. Today, from Bad Tattoo Brewing, I have, from their sister company, actually, from Counterflow Brewing, nice. the Sweet and Sour Cherry Ghost, which I'm, Steve knows, I don't love a sour beer. This is, on, we're on day five of the advent calendar, and this is number three for the sour beers. And I have to say, Bad Tattoo absolutely knocks it out of the park when it comes to their sour beers. They don't, like, they're not that, I, I, I've mentioned this before, it's not like sucking on a lemon, they don't punch you in the face with how sour it is. And maybe it's, again, because they use actual real, ingredients and not extracts and syrups and all that crap um it's actually you know this is a cherry ghost they actually use probably real cherries to make this beer not cherry extract or cherry syrup to make this beer so it is exactly what you expect it to be it's super well it's going to be super well balanced actually you know what guys i'm going to crack it open right now i'm going to tell you how it tastes look at that beer beer flavoring right now now I, i had this one uh when we met down there with ryan very tasty like again for a sour beer that is so well balanced i get a little bit of that like tang on the tongue where it's like oh yeah okay this is a sour beer but i don't take a sip and be like nope dumping this one down (laughs) the drain like i have every other sour beer in my life um so guys go sign up for the bad tattoo beer club at badtattoobrewing.com. The advent calendars, I'm sure, are sold out by this point. And if they're not, hey, go, go jump on one and, uh, and and get it delivered right to your doorstep and, and play catch-up because it's been a lot of fun so far for me. And there is a, uh, a little special extra in there for me for December 25th. I don't know what it is yet. I'll find out on Christmas Day. And I'm really excited, for, really excited for that to see what, what is inside that uh, you know special envelope with the number 25 sticker on it um so yeah guys like i said i mean and hey if advent calendar is not your thing or you know if you want to go order the oat milk stout that we were talking about last week or if you want to go order some of their uh some of their staple beers like their uh cerveza clara or their uh los muertos cerveza negra um or any of their other staple beers go to badtattoobrewing.com sign up for the bad tattoo beer club and get a case of this stuff delivered right to your doorstep all across Canada, uh, as mentioned before, from Bonavista to <laughs> Victoria, they're delivering it right to you guys. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love how it has the number five on the bottom too. Like every time you drink it for the the camera, like, oh, it is. You didn't cheat. This actually is day number five. <laughs> I know. I, I do have to say, like, I, you know, you know, you know, I have talked about this. I have never had an advent calendar before or a beer advent calendar. And I was like, this is the year I'm going to do it. Obviously, um, turns out when you have to move within what are we down to like two weeks, basically, 
you forget about other things in life. Um, I, I have not forgot about finding Bad Tattoo Beer. Still my favorite of the season. I don't know how many times I have to say it, but I, I literally cannot get enough of this stuff. Um, guys, you will be kicking yourself if you did not get an advent calendar. Like Chris said, maybe they still have some. Maybe you're going to get lucky uh, and and kind of come across one. But hopefully you got yours in because I for sure am kicking myself every time Chris uh, posts those on our Instagram and I have to see what I'm missing out on. So, sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, what do you have for <laughs> us on third down? Uh, for the third down this week, it is, of course, it is the month of December. We are 20 days away from Christmas, Steve. Can you believe it? Three yep. weeks yesterday, and it's going to be Christmas Day already. I don't know where 2021 has gone. You probably don't know where 2021 has gone either. It is flown by. Uh, and we are approaching Christmas again. We got a little bit of snow this weekend in Kelowna, which has been wonderful. Uh, you know, there, there's nothing worse than a green Christmas. Uh, I It's supposed to snow again tomorrow. And I say, bring it on. Bring on all the snow. I want like 10 centimeters by Christmas Day. Please. It would be great. Uh, are you anyways, saying you want 10 centimeters on Christmas Day? <laughs> <laughs> Set yourself up for that one, bud. Can we like go back, edit that out, scratch <laughs> that, we're gonna sit and I, I, I wanna do a, a mulligan. I wanna do a do over there, okay? Yeah, do over, do over. I want ten inches of the white stuff on Christmas Day. A uh, crap! I did it again. <laughs> Stop talking, Chris. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, any, anyways, uh, with the month of December, I figured it is time to talk about Christmas. It is time to talk about, uh, one of the things that, I mean, I've been posting about it every, almost every day in the month of December on my Twitter account. Everyone loves to do this in the month of December and that is watch Christmas movies. So for the third down today, it presented by bad tattoo brewing, I have the battle of the Christmas movies with a slight caveat as it's going to be the live action Christmas movies. So no cartoons today. Aww. Just, just the, the, the live action movies. Um, don't give me a thumbs down. <laughs> You're not going to be disappointed. There should be no Die Hard on this list. I can guarantee oh, you that. That's good. Cause Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie. Not a Christmas movie people. <laughs> as I've been saying, if I can watch that movie in July, it's not a Christmas movie. I don't watch Home Alone in July. I don't watch Elf in July. Oh, I do. I can, I can watch Die Hard. Well, Steve, you're ruining my argument. God damn it. <laughs> I thought we were friends. It was a bad argument. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> Just say it's not a Christmas movie and people who think it is a Christmas movie are wrong. That's all you have to say. It's not a Christmas movie. There you go. I stand by that. All right. <laughs> Move on with it. Anyways, third down, presented by Bad Tattoo, uh, Kelowna. The live action Christmas movie battle. Steve, are you ready? I love the little the little frosty there. I'm ready. Let's do this. You like that? Yeah. Third down. Um, okay. So in uh, in our first matchup here, we have the uh the, the Tim Allen showdown. So we have the, the Santa Claus versus Christmas with the Cranks. Ooh, 
And I know starting, we've talked about this one in the past. I know. Starting off tough here. Um, I actually hadn't watched Chris. I, I, I don't know when Christmas with the Cranks came out. Um, maybe you can look that up for me while I'm rambling here. But I, the first time I watched it was maybe only two or three years ago. I don't know if that makes sense with the timeline of it, if it's fairly new. Um, I, I know Tim Allen was a little... Sorry, old. I'm going to interrupt you. It came out in 2004. Oh, okay. So I, I was way late on it. That's fine. So so was I. I had no idea oh. it came out that... Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 2004. Okay. okay. So I was in grade 11. Uh, definitely didn't watch it then. High school. Um, I, I think it's really funny. Uh, I was a huge home improvement fan. So Tim Allen's humor, I has kind of resonated with me. I like it. Um, I really liked Christmas with the cranks had some, you know, of those classic moments, Santa Claus, I would not have really picked it. I don't know if it would have been like really my humor and Christmas movies. Um, but we just started watching this one with the kids. This is like one of their, their first kind of like live Christmas movies that we've done with them and watching my son laugh when Tim Allen, uh, grows the beard back within seconds and like panics. Like we, we were, this was now two weekends ago. We were all so like dead tired from hunting. We're just kind of having like a fun family movie night on Saturday night and we're like almost half asleep, including him. He's basically like comatose as well. And when Tim Allen grows the facial hair back immediately after shaving, he starts dying laughing and it like kind of perks us all up. We're like, what, what is going on right now? And every time he sees that part, uh, he breaks out into this like just pure like child baby belly laugh. Uh, and it's so funny, and uh, I'm picking Santa Claus for this one because I've really enjoyed the the movie time with with my kids when they enjoy uh, a Christmas movie and they find a lot of humor in it. So that's going to be my pick, and I didn't think I was going to pick that actually. I love <clears throat> I love both these movies actually. Um, yeah. We actually just watched Christmas with the Cranks. Did we watch that last night or Friday night? Anyways, my, my wife and I, we just watched that recently. And uh, there's a small part during during the show where Tim Allen's talking about Dan Aykroyd. Like right, like right as like they introduced Dan Aykroyd into the into the movie or whatever. And they're like, oh, no, like it's it's Frohmeyer. And like like once he finds out we're boycotting Christmas and blah, blah, blah. And Tim Allen goes like, well, who's he going to call? And I started <laughs> laughing so hard. And look, I look at Nadine. I'm like, did you not catch that joke? Yeah. She's like, no, what? I had to rewind oh. it to like replay it for her. And she's like, okay. I'm like, come on. Who's he going to call? call? Like, that's a Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. joke. And I, that's, I, I love those. Tim Allen does have a lot with like a lot of his shows. Um, there, There's a lot of, um, you know, there there's a lot of home improvement totally. comedy in the Santa Claus. There's yep. a lot of, I, I, I don't know if you ever watched uh, Last Man Standing, but there was a lot of home improvement comedy in, yeah. in that show as well. And totally. like, um even in toy story you, you get it also right um so i i always love like those those small jokes um but man the santa claus like that is an absolute classic uh you can watch it as an adult and enjoy it you can watch it with your family and enjoy it um so 
I, I don't think there was a, a, a bad choice there. Yes, one um, for one. Let's go. Next matchup, we have National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation versus Bad Santa. Mm. So maybe call this the Battle of the Vulgar Christmas movies. Yeah. Uh, I feel like everybody has watched National Lampoon. Uh, it has those classic parts in it. I would say this one is on the Mount Rushmore of most people's uh, Christmas movies. Not mine. <laughs> I will pick Bad Santa over uh, over National Lampoon every single time. Uh there's just something so funny about a Santa Claus who's just so absolutely vulgar. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say it on live air, but one of my favorite parts of that movie is uh, he he's eating his salad in the mall. And I can only relate to that being a mall employee for over a decade of my life. And the little kid and the mom come up to him and it's like, hey, it's Santa. And he's like, oh, you know swearing under his breath and then they like they don't pick up on his social cues that he doesn't want to talk with them and he's like i'm on my lunch break okay and like salads like falling out of his face and she's like are you insane he's like if you think you can make my life any worse go for it be my guest and i was just like that part gets me every time um and i just oh my goodness Thurman Merman, the character, is so, so funny. Like, oh, that poor little kid just living in oblivious land. Uh, I pick Bad Santa for the win. And I know that's going to be an unpopular pick, but I have to pick it. Yeah, you know, that that's what the third down is all about, is is giving you the, the tough matchups and having you make a choice. Um, and, I mean immediately i want to say like oh that, that that's a bad choice but like if i was put in your shoes i don't know how easy like i love bad santa and i love christmas vacation so like i don't know how i would choose one over the other and and like you said one is a mount rushmore and like or for most people is a mount rushmore but like maybe as i as i get older christmas vacation like resonates more and more it's just like fair christmas with the family and christmas with the in-laws and like <laughs> so so there's that aspect of it that like i i, I do kind of um relate to and, and and find really funny and i mean of course there is the the classic you know merry christmas the shitter is full and yeah. and what have you right so anyways um next matchup we have the uh macaulay culkin matchup Ooh. you have to pick <sighs> Which Home Alone is better? One or two? Home Alone 1 versus Home Alone 2. And uh, may, or, may I remind you that Home Alone 2 is actually the movie that gave us the classic line, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. But it also had Donald Trump in it. So, like, unreal! Let's go. Bravo. Let's go. For anyone, for anyone that is uh, <laughs> listening in to our show in its podcast format, Steve just lifted up his shirt so I could read it, and he is wearing a shirt that says "Merry Christmas, you filthy animal." Um, yep. That was that was not planned, folks. That was that, not that planned was, at all. 
That was genuine. Some might uh, just say, I got a feeling. Ooh. We've been doing this too long, obviously. <laughs> we are at the point that we are reading each other's minds, and you knew what I was bringing tonight, and you rocked the Home Alone shirt, which, hey, again, no disrespect. That yep. is mint. Uh, got this for anyways. got this for Christmas a few years ago from my loving wife. Uh, instant I love. Have, I have a shirt from my loving wife that uh, has the quote that I just repeated from uh, Christmas Vacation. Nice. <laughs> it's a jammy shirt. I don't wear that one in public. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought about wearing this one like in public, and I'm like, eh, I don't know if I should. I. You should, wear, you should wear that one to school. Yeah. Like right before Christmas break. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if I'd... Yeah. I, either way, you, I don't think it's too bad, right? Like, It's not at all. Oh, <laughs> this is like... This is a tough choice for me. I love both of these. Uh, clearly, I love the Home Alones. Uh, I have a shirt for it. I don't think you can beat the original on this. I, I think the original... I don't know why it's better. Um, you know, maybe call it more classic lines like, look what you did, you little jerk. <laughs> Me and my brother use that. We use that line year round all the time to each other. Like, okay, but, but in the second one, you get, get out of here, you little pervert. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's as good as you little jerk. Totally. Look what you did, you little jerk. Is is a classic line, but like, there's no talk boy in the first one. Yeah, I know. Uh, it, it's a tough choice. Uh, I just think the original in this one, it, it it set the whole franchise up. It it had to be good to get a second one. I I think I've watched the first one many more times than the second one, and that's usually how I break the tie. Is I think back to like, well, which one have I seen more? Um, and can, can we just pause for a second? And I know this is a question surfaces every Christmas season. What did the McAllisters do for a living that they could afford a castle of a house and, uh, you know, travel first class to Europe all of okay, a sudden? So I, I, I have a theory. Okay. Have you watched The Sopranos? No. Okay, so Kevin McAllister's <laughs> dad, whoever the actor is that plays Kevin McAllister's dad, he is a cop in The Sopranos, but he's like an inside man for the, the for the for the family. Okay, for for Tony Soprano. So here's my theory: is that long game, the the the, the two intertwine, and Peter McAllister is actually like still that same cop in the Sopranos and he's getting that, you know, Italian mafia, like mm. drug money. And that is what is, uh, funding the McAllister lifestyle. Now, which one came first? Home alone. Oh, so it literally <laughs> couldn't have been that. No. Okay. Good theory. Good theory. Super far-fetched theory. Yeah, I mean, I it makes, it makes more sense than you're like, Okay, why do they drive this station wagon? But they like they have a castle for a house. Who knows? Yeah, but like, so it, it's the brother that paid for the vacation, right? The brother that's already in Paris that we never actually meet. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So but many mysteries in, in this show. But, but I think in Home Alone two, Peter McAllister is the one that pays for the vacation for everybody. 
Hmm. So, and and again, there's the, did you see that the the McAllister house is actually uh, on Airbnb? You can oh, Airbnb really? it. That yeah. would be fun. Yeah, well, because they uh, just released the the new one, like Home Sweet Home Alone, I think it's called. Yeah, and so you can like Airbnb it with Buzz. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Next trip, I, I, I know what I'm doing. I said to Nadine, I'm like, "Hey, this is what I want for Christmas." Yeah, I want to go there for Christmas and leave our kids. Oh, I mean, yeah. no, I don't want to do that. Actually, sorry. <laughs> Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. Right? Another just classic line. <laughs> uh, again, there wasn't one, uh, there wasn't a wrong choice in that one. They're, they're both classics. Um, I, I was saying to Nadine when we watched Home Alone the other day, I'm like, isn't it so funny to like watch this movie and think that out of the two Culkin brothers that are in this one, that Kieran Culkin is the one that actually became more famous? Yeah, because Kieran Cal- Kieran Culkin is uh, Fuller. Yeah, which hey, if he has anything to drink, he's gonna wet the bed. <laughs> he wets the bed. I love his like little look too. He's just like drinking his pop. He's like, yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm gonna piss that bed all over the place. I'm gonna do it right on your back. I made my family disappear. So, <laughs> uh, last matchup, we have a Christmas story. Uh, so don't shoot your eye out if you choose that one versus what I watched tonight, actually elf. This one's an easy one for me. I think Christmas movie sucks. I, I don't really, I don't get it a lot. Um, why did they, why did they buy this kid, uh, you know, a, a, a BB gun and not teach him how to use it? Of course he's going to shoot his eye out. Like, are you, are you out of your minds? Um, yeah, <laughs> Elf is next level Christmas movie fun. Uh, what makes Elf so good is as an adult, you can watch it and just love it. But you can also sit down with your kids and they love it for probably totally different reasons than you do. Um, I love the the part where he's just like, Santa! Like, screaming and jumping. Uh, another uh, good liner, like, call me an elf one more time. Oh, like, man. But you are an elf. <laughs> yeah. So I watched that. That was our family movie night tonight. It was Elf. And during the, the, the mall Santa scene, Olivia goes, that's a fake Santa. And we're like, Olivia, stop. Because, like, <laughs> some kid at school told Olivia that Santa's fake. And um, obviously he's not. So it, uh, we're, we're having to remind her that Santa is very real. Um, and we believe in Santa. So anyways, during that scene where Will Ferrell rips off Santa's beard, Olivia's like covering her eyes oh. and not watching. It's like, oh, God, this is violent. Like, I'm not watching this. <laughs> and during the, the, the angry elf scene, both my kids are like, that's a kid. That's a kid. I'm like, mm. like trying to explain to my no, it's not. my seven year old and my four four year old. Like, no, that's a grown up. They're like, but, but no, he's 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 little. That's a kid. I'm like, 
yeah that's a little person <laughs> like i'm like i i know you guys are gonna understand this so let's just move on but yeah it uh yeah watching elf with the kids tonight was was quite interesting fun fact that movie makes me cry every time every time at the end of the movie when they're singing santa claus is coming to town and as uh red is you know buddy's dad starts singing and and santa's sleigh takes off and flies over top of everyone everyone's so amazed i just it makes me tear up every goddamn time <laughs> no matter how many times i've seen that movie i cannot help it hits you right in the feels right in See, the feelings it, it, it wasn't even a close one El- no. elf in case in case you didn't know my real answer there it's elf Christ- a christmas story is fun mm. i enjoyed a christmas story a lot more as a kid for some reason than i yeah. do it as an adult and maybe again, maybe it just resonated more with me as a kid than it does it as an adult. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe I was that kid that wanted that, you know, uh, what, what was it? Uh, was it BB gun? I was gonna say red rifle, but that's Andy Dalton. Um, but yeah, maybe I was that kid that wanted that BB gun. Um, quick shout out here before I get to your recap, um, eight bit Christmas on, uh, it's on crave for us up here in Canada. It's on HBO Max for our American friends. That is our generation's uh, A Christmas Story. It's Neil Uh Patrick Harris retelling the tale of when he was a child uh, to his daughter about wanting to get a NES. So a Nintendo Entertainment System. So hence the 8-bit. Quick recap here. We have the Santa Claus bad santa home alone and elf who's your mvp man this is actually the toughest uh toughest mvp i've done in i don't even know when we started the third down episode at least at least 35 of them i'm guessing i'm just impressed you've seen all these movies i know right i finally (laughs) finally watched them all um oh man I, part of me wants to go Santa Claus because of how much I'm enjoying it like as a dad. Part of me wants to be bad Santa because it's like the exact opposite of what a Christmas movie for like kids should be, but that's what makes it so great. Um, part of me wants to go Elf because I'm a huge Will Ferrell fan and uh, it's just another reason why I love him as an actor. But I absolutely have to go with Home Alone. It is the one christmas movie that i watch year round uh but i also have to watch it every single holiday season at least you know five or six times uh one and two so i i get into watching those over and over and i'm repping the shirt (laughs) merry christmas you filthy animal for the win yeah, you you, you kind of showed your cards there on uh, on that one. I, I would it was say. close though. It was close. Part part of me wanted to go all four ways there. Like I I want I wanted to pick each of those. They're they're all good choices. Um, my final two between your choices, anyways, would come down probably to Santa Claus or Home Alone. 
And I would actually lean more uh, the Santa Claus because, like you really? said, uh, being a dad now and watching that with my kids, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I haven't watched it yet this year. Uh, but I'm not giving you the first down because you didn't choose Christmas Vacation. So you lose yet again, Steve. But I would have had to take one of... Stupid. <laughs> I, I picked I picked what your like favorites would have been. My Christmas is ruined. Yeah, Christmas is ruined because of you, ruined? you little jerk. <laughs> Look what you did, you little jerk. <laughs> so good. I might even watch that as I fall asleep tonight. There you go. Um, okay, this has been a fun episode, Chris. Uh, we're almost at the hour 40 marker, so I'm about to go to bed. But before I do that, I will leave you uh, with the last words of the episode. Yeah, guys, uh, thank you again to everyone for tuning in live. Thank you for everyone who is listening to our show in its podcast format. Uh, you can, of course, find us at Ballhawks Podcast wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, whatever it may be. Uh, please leave a rating and review. It's been a while since we've gotten a, re- a review, and we do love reading those. It uh, you know makes our day a little bit brighter as long as they're positive and it's not Steve's students leaving a, a nasty review for us or something like that. Um, so subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are of course a part of the Dean Blundell network. You can find us over on Twitter at Phillips, Chris 12, find Steve at SS Fisher eight, seven, find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at ballhawks underscore pod. And as always guys, go Hawks. Peace. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.